Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 193 of Smart Enough to Know Better. We are a podcast of science and comedy and ignorance. I'm Dan Beeston. I'm Greg Waugh. And before we get to this week in science, here's a quick advertisement for free stuff. I will be on a panel at the Science Says panel show, which is back after COVID. Hasn't been on for three years. It's my literal favorite thing to do. Every year, and I've been missing out. If you would like to see it and you're in Brisbane on, I think it's December the 5th. <laughs> it's a Monday, I think. I mean, go, get along to the website where all the details are because mm-hmm. it's a free show. So all you have to do is sign up and then you can come along. So do that. It's going to be brilliant fun. And it's, uh, if those who don't know, it's uh, Dr. Joel Gilmore runs an amazing Science Says panel. He has scientists and he has science communicators and he has comedians. And it's actually very, very funny. And I won't be there. When Dan says we're on it, we're not. We're not on it. I'm the royal we. Oh, oh, look at you. Listeners, it is super fun, super interesting. It is a great panel show. You should all get there. But now that that's out of the way... It's numbers, Dan. Lots of numbers. Then I'm going to take it to the limit. Why are you pointing me again? I said it's numbers, Dan. It's, it's lots of numbers. But before we get there, Gregoire, what happened to you this week in science? Dan, it's numbers. I keep... I, why do you keep asking me the same question in different ways? It's ridiculous. Alright, so this week in science, I was fascinated to discover that on November 15th of 2022, something very exciting happened. Do you know what it is? Was it yet another lunar eclipse? (laughs) No, it wasn't on that day, but uh, there was one... There was one, yeah. yeah, the last one for a couple of years, yeah, yeah. But no, no, Dan, the human race clicked over... To 8 billion humans. You're welcome. No, no, well, I was about to say no thanks to you or me, as far as I'm aware. You and I have very much taken ourselves out of that running. But yeah, 8 billion people, Dan, on the planet. 8 billion people. And I was, I've been trying to work out how I feel about it. And I decided to go look up the statistics. And then I remembered we talked about this early in the podcast because we did this we started this ridiculous thing 11 years ago one of the very first things we talked about was when the human race clicked over to seven billion people but but that's not that long ago no it's not dan so 2011 it clicked over to seven billion people a billion people in 12 years how do you math there (laughs) so at this rate We'll be doing nine billion in like four years, and then ten it's- billion like six months <laughs> after that. Yeah, it's fast. It's super fast, and it's getting faster and faster. Is it getting faster and faster? Isn't it starting to slow down? Yes. Yeah, you've absolutely hit it on the head there. So the the idea, just so everyone knows, because there's a feeling of is this good or bad, and I and I, we'll get into like right for the economy. It, it and also more drones. I, I, I want, like I want to get out of the way and say that. It's projected that by the end of 2100, to the end of this century, there'll be about 10 and a half to 11 billion people on the planet. 
That's the by the end of the century because things mm-hmm. are slowing down a bit in some areas. In some areas, mm-hmm. in some areas, we'll get back to that. They think then there'll be a decline of population. We think population will get to at 11 billion people and then drop off. The human race is unlikely to get to the in the 1970s. There was this fear that. It would all go asymptotic and it would be like, you know, standing room only, everyone climbing on each other sort of stuff. Hospital rooms filling up with babies. And what it comes down to, why are there more people? Well, because in the last 30 years, infant mortality around the world has been reduced by about 50%, which is Mm -hmm. amazing. So children just don't die as babies, which is amazing and wonderful and great. There's a lot of better medicine going on. There's a lot of education because nothing slows down population growth than the bearer of children, which are mainly women, who go, no, 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 keep that thing away from me. I got stuff to do. <laughs> um, places where women are educated and lifted out of poverty, you slow down populations as well. I think it's fascinating. The, the number of people around the world being lifted out of poverty, even if you aren't a big fan of, of China or Chinese government at the very least, they've lifted like a billion people out of poverty. I think it's a billion. Half a billion people, sorry. Half a billion people out of poverty through efforts, you know, through basically yep. making sure they're doing it getting it done doing it. yeah and there's less there's less death i want to point this out because sometimes we sort of focus on the negative things and and the, you know there's lots of bad things happening in the world i'm not polyannering this but yeah it's actually quite amazing how better things are even though there are shocking wars and all the rest going on yeah it's things are looking a lot better i was just absolutely fascinated but we have a problem well maybe it's a problem how many humans does a nut, one human have to produce out of their hoo-ha, the technical term, the to to replenish the population of the planet. Well, you need two humans and two hoo-has to get things. So, so each two humans needs to have two, but then you've got to have. Oh, I like see a, what you're saying. Yeah, okay, you, some sort of couple. Of, yeah, I see. Yeah, Gene- on the genetic level, I see what you're saying there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you need two humans to get yep. out two kids, but you also need those people to have a little bit more wiggle room. Ladies, and <laughs> a little bit more wiggle room for the what, like you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 percent of people who don't have kids, yeah, and, and don't survive, or, or, or don't or just, survive, or just or, far too ugly like you and me, yeah. What are you, no, what, no I'm too beautiful, I, I you oh, know, I'm right, I would create such beauty in the world that mm, everyone else mm. would give up. Ah, oh, wow, oh, look at you, oh, thank you, Dan, I appreciate that. So, yeah. uh, well, you're right. So the, sometimes people don't have children. Sometimes they don't make it to the childbearing age or that, yeah, something happens. And so you need about 2.1. That's the replacement rate for humans. For every two yeah. humans, you need to replace yourself with 2.1 humans. Yeah. And it's getting really rare in Western nations to, to have three children. I was thinking when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah. I've had to think of all the humans I know who have birthed a child or more of this generation mm-hmm. of, you know, people our age or younger. How many have had three children or more? And I was like, I, I, I went, oh, no, they have one. They have two. They have two. They have one. They have two. They have one. Lots of zeros. I only know one woman who has just had her third child. One. That's a, I mean, a, a very small sample size, of course, but I was fascinated by this. Ladies. <laughs> so, so what do you think uh, Australia's replacement rate at the moment is? Well, I remember back in the, I want to say the 90s, it was 2.4, but Ooh, okay. uh, has it dropped down to 2.1? It's much below 2.1, and I've lost it on my list. 2.02. It is 1.7 in Australia. 1.7. Well below. Well below. Oh, no. What are we going to- We're going to run out of people, Gregoire. Like, because no one wants to come to Australia. 
Like, no one wants to. No, no one's going to risk their life and get on a boat to come to Australia and help us with our economy. <laughs> and the United States and the United Kingdom, all one point seven. All of Europe. There is nowhere in Europe that has two point one. So all of Europe ha- is under two point one. So most by a lot. France is like the highest, and even that wasn't that high. It's below re- replacement rate. Good old French. Getting it on, well done, but not enough. There needs to be more scoring around the clock in France, obviously. And it, no, and everywhere else, I guess. They're already so romantic. They, yeah, that's right. They can't, we, I can't give her anymore. And you look at places like, oh, well, China. Yes, China has a lot of people, but even China's population is dropping back because they're going through a phase because they had their one child policy. And so now mm-hmm. they're getting older. And so they have a problem now of their population getting older and not replacing. India is going great guns. Like, absolutely well done, India. India is going to overtake China in about 50 years as the most populous nation on the planet. So lots of Indian people and lots of places in Africa. The top is Niger and it's 6.9. 6.9. These are places where they've had huge child mortality up until really recently. And so the culture is like lots of kids, but they're yep. just not dying off like they're supposed yes. to. Not supposed that doesn't not sound su- right. That phrasing yeah, isn't not, right. Not supposed to. Not supposed to. But yes, there's a lot of that. And also it's more useful in developing countries to have lots of children because then you have people to help your family. That's what they used to. That's why we had lots of children. So you'd have eight children. Four of them would die. And then, or more, and then you'd have four children to till your fields and keep you alive as you got older. You know, like you, that was, the, that's the system. Or at least three to run your diamond mine and one to run off and create PayPal. Oh, topical. Wow. I didn't, woof, nice. Well, not, not create PayPal, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. A lot of Asia doesn't have a very high replacement race. South Korea is the lowest on the planet with one, just one. So for every two people, they produce one person. So what's the answer, of course? What is the answer? More fucking in the front hole, Gregoire. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, guess, I guess, I guess, I guess you're right. You're technically correct, the best sort of correct. Well done. Um, uh, I'm a little bit floored by that, but okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> the answer is what you talked about before, of course, is we have to get over this concept of fearing the other and going, oh, no, those brown people are going to come and brown up our white land of, that we stole from brown people. Um, <laughs> so um, there are lots of people in the world who want to come and live places and do stuff, and they're just people just doing their own bloody thing. And, that, and guess what? That thing is very similar to what you want to do, which is have kids and get a job and pay taxes and not be a shithead. I don't know so much about that last one. <laughs> I've met a lot of people and that seems to be their driving factor. No, that that is not true. That is not true. I'm hoping you're saying that for comedy, but it's not most humans are humans, man. You're right, you're right. Not like those marmosets I hang out with. Oh my god, you want yeah, well, some yeah. shitheads. That's right. That's all jerks. So yeah, definitely getting people in. I so getting people in from around the world. My news is there's eight billion of us, and that's a good thing. Higher percentage chance of having doctors and Einsteins and cool artists and musicians doing cool stuff. Yep, I'm very excited by the future of humans with the number of humans. And I love the idea. We talked about this in the podcast once before. If you do start blending us all together, remember we sort of have what does the what would the average human look like if you blended all the humans together? Like just like a one. pink paste, I guess. No, no, no. It's it's no, no. That was the thing. It wasn't because there's we think it's just a pink not a lot, paste, like about there's not that big. There's not a lot big, of that big cube. <laughs> just blend no, them all, and it's like a bucket. No, don't you remember? Well, that's a different thing. That's I think it was a one cubic kilometer of human corpses. If you put yes, all the human corpses, it's a little corpses. bit bigger now. 
I guess it would be, but but not by much because cube inverse squares. Yeah, 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 they, they, yeah. It's not, it's not. Yeah. Anyway, but remember, humans. If you mix them all together genetically, a well, that would be kind of bad because one disease wipes out. Anyway, what we'd look like is is this wonderful kind of. There's not a lot of white people in our lives. There are, but like, we're 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 a creepy genetic minority that was that sort of weirdly evolved in Europe to survive European areas but most of the world is but in yeah Europe. but what just digest milk gregoire yeah, we do like we, we do digest, we digest milk, milk like, like a mother as, as well like a say. baby actually <laughs> not so like we, a mother <laughs> it'd be this wonderful chocolatey kind of ah oh, beautiful creature so anyway that's it i'm excited lots of humans out there we're doing okay the food is there we can distribute go humans i will say one thing though i want to put it in context we're a megafauna like we're one of the largest animals on the planet. We're pretty like big. We're pretty big compared to all the animals. We're much on the bigger scale. Yeah. We're no mastodon, there's, but there are a lot of little tiny bugs. Yeah, there's eight billion of a megafauna on the planet. Shocks me. I thought a megafauna was anything bigger than us, rather than like where's the line? I thought we were the line. Well, that's a good. I don't actually know. I like to like think of it as megafauna. Shack would be megafauna. <laughs> Well, you're taller than me, so are you megafauna? Ooh, maybe. Maybe. Well, Anyone over six I- foot is megafauna. Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Dan? What about your week in science? Uh, have you ever been out to a restaurant? And it, well, In my great. life. Have you ever been out to a restaurant? <laughs> Look, yes, I'm pretty um, unsocial, but yes, I have been to a restaurant. They normally put me in a chair and they fling food at me and call me good boy when I get it in my mouth. And it's nice. You go out and you chat to people and, uh, and have a nice conversation. And then some teenager is just sitting looking at their phone. Teenagers? Not just teenagers, Dan. Really? It's other people. It's everyone. How do you feel about that? Oh, I used to get angry about it because I don't do it a lot myself. And and I don't think that's an age thing. I think that's just me. I try not to. I use my phone a lot on buses and things, but not in a restaurant and not in a social setting. I'm fascinated when people pull their phones out. I have a friend of mine who he's socially, a bit socially awkward. And so he just co- constantly, but when I first met him, he constantly had his phone, like he'd just take his phone out. And I was like, oh, I'm, I've said something wrong or I've upset him or you know, I'm boring, which you know, that, that was the big one for me. Like, I'm boring. I was like, oh, mm. okay. lift my game, Greg. And I, I talked to his partner and went, hey, you know, is everything? And she was like, no, no, he's just, he's just overwhelmed. And he's listening and he, and you realize he is like, he'll respond, but he just can't deal. But that's, but many people pull their phones out and check them. In reverse, I texted someone and then never got a response back, which I don't expect responses back. But then later on, they, they wrote back going, oh, hi, sorry, saw, you know, just saw your message. Yes. And told me the answer. And I was really interested. Later on, I went, oh, like I sent it at seven and you said you, like it was 11 o'clock at night. I thought that was a long time. And she wrote back going, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't. I was out and I and I keep it in my purse and I don't look at it. But that's a choice that they made. So anyway, yeah. so lots of people seem to do this now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm obviously an old man because I think it's <laughs> bloody rude. I'm like, <laughs> what? You get st- bloody... I'm, you know, I'm sitting here pretending to be interested in people's conversation. And you're and like, because the signal when you pull your phone out is whatever's on this phone is more interesting than what you, you're doing. Yeah. And everyone pulls we- their phone out too. That's the thing they notice. One person pulls it out. Everyone pulls their phone out at that point. It's almost like a, okay, quickly, everyone check your phone moment. Uh, well, yeah, I suppose so. I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't. I, apolo- I apologize. So if I'm expecting, I will say, oh, hi, I'm really sorry, Dan. I, 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 I need to check my phone. I'm real. I, I, I had to do this and everyone's like, sure. And I quickly check and I go, okay, cool, yep. And I get the answer I needed or whatever, or some, most time it's not. And I put it away, but I always go, I acknowledge what I'm doing and I, you know, is it okay? Cool. And I go and do it because I'll, I, I'll just remove myself from the situation. I'll leave. <laughs> do what I need to do. If I need to do it, shut up. Telegram. <laughs> Fucking hell. What, what are you even doing on? Like, like, this is a really poor timing. Telegram. <laughs> I just love the idea. It's like, I need, I need to do what I need to do, which is shut up Telegram. Like, oh, finally, it's the code word. We meet at the docks at midnight, people. Go, go, go. <laughs> Destroy the state. So I got involved in a research project oh. all about this. I found out oh, about it several you're months ago. you fever, aren't you, again? Oh, no. oh, I was worried. I guess. Yeah. Are they going to no, inject you? Oh. It wasn't, there was no injections this time. Just, just the injection of knowledge. Oh, nice. I- so I went out and I met with the researcher th- on three occasions. The first one, so he could get an idea about my upbringing and my relationship with food and my relationship with communication. Mm. And then the second time about specifically how I felt about people answering phones and, uh, and checking messages and stuff while eating. Mm. And I talked about how rude I found it and mm. how... And, and why that was, but it, it gave me real pause to think about why I found that rude and to mm. and all this stuff. The third time he discussed what this was all about and whether my attitudes had changed. But he talked about how the younger demographics, especially, mm. they don't think of interacting with someone on their phone as being a separate thing to conversing with people at a restaurant if i was talking to you and a friend at a restaurant and then i was talking to other people at the restaurant Mm. that's not Mm. rude that's just Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. just the dynamic and that's how the youth the youth think about it (laughs) anyone under the age of 40 that's what you mean by the youth ouch (laughs) no need to uh no need to talk about numbers greg i know how much you loved doing that but yes young people they're like, no, 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 I'm still involved in this. I'm mm. involved in all of this communication at the same time. This mm. is me being social. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was mm. also that thing that you pointed out is that some people need to look at their phone because they do get overwhelmed. They're introverts mm. and having a, a big social experience like that involves them sort of taking a moment to recharge and yes. jumping into their phone for a bit is like the perfect mechanism to do this. Yeah, yeah. And so being involved in this project, I've I've had to rethink all of my uh, preconceptions about how rude these fucking kids are. <laughs> it goes both ways, though. Can I, I, I agree with what you're saying then. I, I, just, I have very similar thoughts. Not, I hadn't done research, like part of research, but I, I went through a very similar journey on my own, like trying to work it all out and working with people because non-localized friendships are very common now, especially since the pandemic, but well before that, like students mm. having to – or students, kids, kid, actual kids – connecting with people around the world and their friends on all the different net- social networks. And these are important friendships, though there is a lot of evidence now that face-to-face humans sniffing each other's armpits and butts is super important. Certainly amongst the marmosets, I know it is. <laughs> all of them are dicks. Just because it's, it's important to have face-to-face relationships doesn't mean that virtual relationships are not important. It's, you, mm. not, it's, not, it's not one or the other. Uh, but non-localized friendships are, are very important. I think there's also some, a pushback. There has to be a little bit of pushback because you go, the way we look at it is not wrong. Sometimes this idea of, hey, hey, 
well, actually, I got I got called a boomer regularly recently, and I was like, "How dare you? How very dare you?" <laughs> that's a, that's a different rant for a different time. I got told, "No, don't worry, boomer just means old person now." And I was like, "It's not my age. I am very happy being the age I am. I, I have earned this age. You know, do not call me a boomer. I am Gen X and angry. Don't you? I'm not. I'm no." They they pressed they realized they'd pressed a button. This young person realized they'd pressed a button that they didn't really want to press. They boomers in. don't get this jaded. No, 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 we are, and yeah, Gen Xs will break you in half, or we'll cry to pictures of Winona Ryder. One one or the other. Anyway, the point of this is what we're feeling is still valid as well. So to, when I am out with people, if I am upset with friends and if I get irritated, I try and point it out in a not in a fuck you, <laughs> but like in a like oh I, I, like later on I do try and mention it and go oh, I just felt you know I was just chatting and most of the time people are like oh no one kind of goes oh whatever people go oh sorry yeah sure and it's just that like working out expectations has the research been completed what's the takeaway well all of the interviews have been done mm. and I was like oh it's so good I get to be a part of like human knowledge going forward and part of the solution and not the problem and I said so what's What's the big uh, payoff for this? It's like, well, we, we want to be able to approach restaurants and say, look, there should be zoning for people who want to communicate a lot, but there should also be the encouragement of zones that allow people to just enjoy being in a restaurant together, but interacting mm. on a with social media more as a focus where they yes. can sort of talk on their phones and not feel this sort of, oh, it's a restaurant for talking uh, experience and mm. I said, "Wow, that's really cool." And he goes, "Yeah, we've we've got a lot of interest from a certain multi conglomerate uh, casino." And I was like, <laughs> "I've been tricked into helping oh, the man." Oh no! Oh dear! But look, we're but, gonna get research you know, maybe money some, somewhere. Maybe you'll lose a couple of million here to help someone out. I'm fascinated by certain supermarkets opening up sensory lowering shopping times. So, oh yeah, they lower the lights and they turn all the music off. Yeah, well, yeah, and and they sort of tell people, that, and it's a quiet, and they'll they'll kind of say, no, they don't enforce it. I don't think they, you know, walk around, everyone shut up. They, it's it's sort of a cultural thing of coming at this time, kind of like they had sometimes. They have like during the pandemic, they had nearby me it was like for for senior citizens, like come and shop. We, you know, so it was smaller numbers of yeah. groups of people and older people shopping together. And I like that idea. It's not just for people who have sensory issues. Once again, like most of these things, it's it's good for everyone. It's like it's actually kind of nice to walk into a supermarket where you haven't got the weather outside is frightful, and it's so delightful. I mean, that's all fun. But- well, there are some people, and that's their favourite thing about going to the supermarket. Yes, getting to hear all those Christmas songs all of through course. November and December. Yeah, absolutely. And they they'll they still get ninety eight percent of the time to do that. I think it's really nice to be able to set these things up where people can get these different experiences if they want to have that. And just normalize if that's how you're going to communicate. Sorry, what was that? I was on my phone. <laughs> Numbers, once again, we talked about 8 yeah, billion. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like there's going to be a theme, a running theme. <laughs> so we're 8 billion humans. And I was thinking, what on this planet living has more than 8 billion things? And the answer oh, is... Uh, ants. Oh, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> there'll be so many ants so many ants possibly uh, not fish anymore to be honest there's lots of different animals but normally in the insecty buggy variety there's plankton of them plankton yeah you, you yep. get eight billion in a in a meal for a blue whale amoeba just lots of amoeba doing their amoebary things 
there's lots of things like that. But ants, ants is the first one I northern sort of white rhinos. Are there eight billion northern white rhinos? I think there's one. Not anymore. There's not. Oh, has it died? I thought I there was one. So. I thought it was just like no. there was like one. I thought there was like one dude left, and he, and he was like, oh hi, and everyone's like, oh, that's like Kevin Conroy. Was Kevin Conroy a white rhino? That was a that's a weird comment. I hope someone in the audience enjoyed that one because I mm. went right over my head. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to explain it. Now I'm not. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to leave it in though. <laughs> so ants, they're everywhere. Like ants. You leave food down and- You sound like you're having an attack. Hey, it's there everywhere. Under <laughs> my skin. <laughs> but they are. They're everywhere. There's a lot of ants, but how do you even vaguely work out how many ants there are? <laughs> There's a lot. But, but well, you count the all the ones in your kitchen and then you times it by the number of kitchens. Oh, see, that's a good idea. Yes. Yeah, there you go. That's kind of how they do it, actually. That's, we're getting ahead of ourselves there. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of like how they do it. That's well, well done. Oh, you're, you're such a scientist. I love it. So <laughs> they used to think that there was about a quadrillion ants. So that's 1,000 million million. What? Okay, that's that's a big number. That's a big number. So that's a one with 15 zeros after it. Just so you know, a million is one with six zeros after it. A billion is one with nine zeros after it. This is one was 15 zeros after it. So it's a quadrillion. Wow. So it's a lot. That's what we used to think. This was based on thinking about all the, <laughs> it was so bizarre. When I realized how they did this, not very scientific, I thought. They went, uh, right. We're going to assume that insects make up this percentage of the biomass of the planet based on looking at all the insects that we know of and, and depending, you know, like, and go, okay, we think there's this many insects. And then based on some very nebulous thinking, assuming that ants make up 1% of that insect population work out quadrillion ants based on mass. And, they, and everyone went, yeah, that seems good enough. But then- I guess there's not a lot of practical applications to knowing how many ants there are. Mm. What Until you need there to is. know is how many are not there anymore. Ah, and yes, that's exactly right. So ants are super, super, super important for things like keeping pests at bay. If we're talking just for humans, yes, you can spray everything with pesticide, and we do, but ants make it do a really good job of taking out a lot of the pests that are eating your crops, because that's what they do. They swarm things and go and get them and eat all the aphids and whatever. They're in yeah. there doing it. Uh, they also do things like well, they clean up rubbish. They ants do a lot. There's lots of it's it's like, it's hard. It's like saying what do humans do? There's lots of different sorts of ants doing lots of different sort of things. They're an integral part of the of the biosphere. So at the moment, we know about fifteen thousand seven hundred named species of ants, types of ants, and mm-hmm. there are lots and lots and lots and lots and lots that have not been named by science yet, and probably lots we don't know about yet. That's a low estimate on the number of named species of ants. Yeah. Super specialized, doing lots of different jobs. Some eat meat, some are plant eaters, some farm, some- Some uh, knock over rubber tree plants. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, all these ants doing all these cool ant things. So finally, finally, some researchers decided to do a general study of all the other studies of ants. They went and looked at a meta-study of ant studies to try and work out the number of ants, which well, some said it's a good way of doing things. Like you look at the meta-studies, everyone else's studies, and you work out the statistics of what they've worked out to try and average mm. out all the problems. 
And they looked around like ants around the world and all the different like different sort of where they people found ants. So nearly 500 different ant studies that have been done over the years. They discovered that ants are found on all continents, including Antarctica. We've taken them to Antarctica. That is really surprising. I yeah. would have thought that any ant would freeze solid. Outside they would, but inside we took them there. They're in, they're in the human. Wherever we go, we take things with us. And so. Oh, so there's no native ants. I don't in think so. No, they're introduced and they get wiped out. So saying they may, they may evolve to, I, I can't answer that question. I don't know. Mm. I don't think so. They go on all continents and all major habitats, forests and deserts and grasslands. They prefer forests. They're much, very much a foresty animal or mm-hmm. arid climates. They really like arid climates as well. Yeah. So, so deserty kind of places where they don't like human habitation, not into us. I thought it was interesting. There's- yeah. Well, that's because I keep smashing them. <laughs> figure, yeah, figure, I, figure it out. I'm not a huge fan of pesticides in the home. Mm-hmm. And so the mm-hmm. thing I figured out is the lint rollers. You get to get lint off your clothes, especially mm-hmm. if you've got pets. You use that and just whoop across them on the bench and just take care of them for a day. Whenever you see an ant, just zoop, and it sticks to the thing. And when it's full, you just throw it in the bin and you just keep doing that mm. for a day or two. And the ants are like, no, 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 this all smells like death now. We, yeah. we, we don't want to come back. Yeah, yeah. Look, there you go, listeners. News you can use. It's that funny smell. And not all ants are the same, but there's, there's a little, tiny little black ones that sometimes, if I don't clean up properly, they, they find my kitchen. And I also don't like using pesticides because one day I was spraying lots of ants and we went, wait, how's this killing ants? I went and checked and went, wait, why am I not dying? And went, it's, it's dosage, like everything in this world. It's actually not great. And it's just, I'm just a big megafauna. Uh, or close to being a megafauna. Close. Yeah, a couple of inches off, Sonny Jim. <laughs> so anyway, so I started like physically squashing them and then I got this smell, this this nutty smell. That's their I'm dying signal, I've been killed mm-hmm. signal. And other ants were like, oh no, and leaving that area pretty quickly. And yep. I was, it's a, it's a really, in the ones I, it's a really noticeable smell. Quite pleasant, actually. I found it quite a pleasant Oh, smell. I hate it. Oh, really? No, I find it absolutely like, horrible. Is it nutty? No, it ah. it smells it smells worse than the in- insecticide. It must like be a different sort of sometimes, ant. or a difference in tongue. Ah, like maybe yeah. it's that thing where like I like cilantro. That's not right in Australia. What's it called? Capsicum. Well, or- in America they call it cilantro, and it tastes like soap for some people, and it tastes delicious. Oh yes, 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 yes. I know what you're talking about. Coriander. Coriander. Thank yes, you. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yes, you're right. Okay, that, yeah, that could be it. Or because sometimes that- they they get into my jug and I make tea and I drink the tea with <laughs> all the taste of all that horrible mm. tannin in there, and I'm like, ant. Like I can, it's so such a tiny little dosage, and I can, it's so strong. And I check the jug, boom, ants in there. My goodness, that's that is pretty impressive. All right, we should get to this though. How many ants do you think there are now on planet Earth? You just told me it was like a, a quadrillion. No, no, no. That's what we used to think. That was the old way of doing it, looking at 1% of all the insects on Earth. So how many think now, with it, with our new study or the new meta study, how many ants do you think there are? One quadrillion and six. <laughs> there are 20 quadrillion ants. And that's a, wow. that's a conservative estimate. That they, that's them going, we'll just lower these yeah. numbers as much as possible, like to keep it, you know, doing some good science there. That's like, a I lot guess, of ants. I guess 20 quadrillion is actually closer to one quadrillion than like, one quintillion. Well, it's out by a factor like, of 20. Like, that's pretty so, close. Yeah, a factor of 10. A, fact, that's, a yeah, factor well, of yes. 10 is like nothing when it comes to counting well, yeah. ants. 
Like, when you've got 15 zeros, 16 zeros isn't that much more. Well, yes, yeah, exactly. So, and, and in astronomy, it's the same number, but that's a different story for a different time. I was trying to work out what that meant. Great, quadrillion ants. That's 20,000 million million, a 20 with 15 zeros after it. It's like, okay, well, it doesn't mean anything. And then when you take, if you took all the world's ants and you weighed them, but just their carbon, like not, not all the, everything about them, but just like, it's called dry carbon weight, which is interesting. Why I didn't realize they did this with insects, but that's how they measure them. They measure their dry mm-hmm. carbon weight. It comes down to about 12 million tons of dry carbon. Okay. Okay. That's, that's a more easily digestible number. 12 million tons. Okay. Cool. Cool. How does that relate to our 1.1 kilometer cube of human slurry? I'm glad you asked because let me just tell you that 12 million tons of dry carbon of ants exceeds the mass of all the world's wild birds and wild mammals combined. So dry carbon. Wow, that's a lot. But it only equals one-fifth of the total dry carbon weight of humans alive right now. One-fifth. Wait, no, 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 no. We want more than that. We want more ants. We want more bugs. Yes, that shocked me. When I saw that and I was like, wait. So the dry carbon weight of ants is one-fifth the dry carbon weight of all humans. That feels, how many humans are there? Like that's- Eight billion with a B. It- <laughs> if every human on, in, on the planet gave you like four bucks, you could pay off your debt to Twitter. <laughs> Which I think is a plan by someone. How about if every ant gave him a dollar each? You could fly to Mars. Well, that wouldn't take long at all. <laughs> but it's dry carbon weight, not full juicy weight. But Yeah. I mean, how juicy are ants? I mean, we're made of mainly carbon as ourselves, so it's just an easy we're way. We're made of mainly water. Are we? We're 70% water. We are, which is H2O. You're absolutely right. There's no carbon in it. There's carbon in our bones. By mass, by mass, not by... Uh, ooh, good question. Is it is it 70% by mass we're water, or is it 70% like, by if, volume we're water? Wait. It shouldn't matter, should it? Well, it depends on the density oh, no, of I the see. water Actually, compared yeah, to density of bone like, or whatever. Yeah. If I had, like, lithium bones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lithium? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, that was – I just thought it was really interesting. Well, 20 could yeah. be ants. So how much – so that's, like – 20,000 million million. 120 quadrillion legs. <laughs> Too many legs. <laughs> Gregoire, I would like to drive more safely. Now, definitely if should. I'm driving at a fairly slow speed of 60 kilometres per hour in a 60 mm. zone, I have a mm. certain probability every minute mm. of being in a serious accident. Mm. Now, that probability, it's quite low. If I drive at half that speed, the danger at any minute is not less. 50, 40, 30 kilometres per hour, the danger per minute on the road is the same uh. to myself. The danger to pedestrians is substantially different. <laughs> if you hit someone at 20 kilometres per hour, yeah. they're very likely going to get up and walk away, albeit with a limp. If mm. you hit them at 60, that's a less positive outcome. Mm-hmm. But I don't care about pedestrians. I'm looking out for number <laughs> one. If the danger of driving at 30 is the same as driving at 60, but I mm. drive at 30, it means that I need to be on the road for twice as long. Mm-hmm. Rather than driving at 30, I should drive at 60 to double my chances of getting home alive. (laughs) Sure. By that logic, 
if I drive at 120, I'm spending half as much time on the road, effectively doubling my already doubled chances at survival. Mm. If I travel at 240 kilometres per hour, I get to my destination eight times faster. Mm-hmm. If my chance of dying in an a- accident is one in a million per minute, for instance, mm. and I'm travelling 30 kilometres, that gives my hour-long trip at 30 kilometres per hour 60 chances in a million to die. But at 60, I drive for only 30 minutes. That's down to 30 in a million. At 240, that's eight in a million down from 60 in a million. If, Gregoire, I was driving at the speed of light, Uh, it would take 0.0000017 minutes to drive 30k. Can I? My chance of being in a fatal wreck is 1.7 in a billion for that trip. I need to need to step in there. I need to step in. If you were traveling at the speed of light, that may, means you were a photon, and photons don't experience time. So you would it would take zero seconds to travel any distance from the point of view of the photon. Even better. Yes, that's 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 what I'm trying to help you here. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Smart enough to know better recommends to our audience that you speed as much as possible. <laughs> it is the safest way mm, to mm. travel. Yeah. Asterisk. Mm-hmm. There are three caveats. Number one, being predictable on the road. Mm. If you're oh. travelling in a 60 zone, but you're only travelling at 30, people aren't expecting that and can misjudge any manoeuvres they do that might include your vehicle. Mm-hmm. Equally, if people don't expect you to travel at the speed of light, this increases the danger <laughs> that they may not judge your speed correctly and pull out in front of you. Mm. This is why I recommend that everyone travels at the speed of light. Then well, everyone knows what to expect. I agree with that because if you are in a, let's say, a one-ton vehicle traveling at the speed of light and someone pulls into your lane moving at 60 kilometers an hour in a one-ton mm-hmm. vehicle... Your collision speed will be relative to each other, the speed of light. The mm-hmm. amount of energy released at that point would be E equals MC squared, roughly, and would be a bomb that would probably destroy all biological life on the planet, if not the planet itself. I haven't done the maths, so I don't know. Two tons converting into energy. Well, very dangerous, is what I'm trying to say. With that realisation, we Mm. come to uh, caveat number two. Right. Travelling at the speed of light Mm. requires infinite energy. It does, yes. This means filling the tank of your car every (laughs) plank length that you travel. This can become expensive. (laughs) And also, you you can't get there because it's infinite. You can't. You can't get to the speed and that, of light. And that's, well, that's what I'm saying. It's really expensive. It's really expensive. Yeah. Yes, so, exactly, caveat yes. number three. Yep. After 60 kilometers per hour, which is about 40 miles per hour, mm-hmm. your danger of crashing increases. Mm. For every five kilometers per hour, which is about three miles per hour, mm. for every five kilometers per hour that you add to your speed above 60, you increase the chances of a fatal accident by double. Oof. Which means that 120 kilometers per hour, instead of our 30k journey being 15 in a million, it's now 61,440 in a million or close to 6 in 100. At 240, it's not 8 in a million, it's 8 times 2 to the power of 36 or <laughs> 8888 times in a million or definitely crashing and dying yes. half a million times each time you drive. Now, 
I may not know how to multiply fractions, but I do know what danger is, my friend. And that, my friend, is danger. Yeah. So, if you travel at the speed of light, you're at risk of dying in a car accident the moment you start your journey. Mm-hmm. And also of bursting into a fireball and deatomizing. Mm-hmm. Also, from what I read... You should only do this during the daytime because apparently your headlights won't work properly. I, I didn't un- quite understand this. <laughs> well, the, the other issue is you have a Lorentz transformation. So your time stops, your mass goes to infinity, and your length contracts. So your car, your 2.4 meter car, suddenly becomes like, well, becomes zero length ways, <laughs> approaching zero. Oh, all this naysaying, Greg. Are you trying to stop our listeners from being safe? <laughs> well, as you point out, it's not safe. Uh, it's, yeah, it's funny how we accept certain things, isn't it? It's like, it's really interesting about car accidents and what we decide is okay. I've been thinking about this a lot, not, not tying it in now to the, what you're talking about. COVID is still a thing. It's still out there, but I, I guess m- pretty much all our listeners now live in a country where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, talk about, with you. hey, everyone, it's up to you now. Best of luck. Bye. Love you. Bye. You know, like the governments aren't like mandating much anymore. Yeah. And so yeah, it's an accepted it's just, rate. And we're not going to, and they all say, I'm not going to tell you how many people are dying. You can probably look it up, but we're not going to make it easy for you. You know, still plenty of people. It's the third highest killer in Australia at the moment. Yes, exactly. And it's, in, it's inside. Wear a mask. It's the easy thing. Whenever you're inside with other people, wear a mask. Don't be embarrassed about it. Yep. Because getting COVID again and again and again doesn't make you stronger. It makes you more likely to get more COVID. And you're getting brain damage and vascular damage. Potentially. Why isn't anyone talking about this? Percentage, percentage change. You're not definitely getting brain damage and vascular damage. You are increasing your chances of getting brain damage and vascular damage. I'm just, I just want to put that out there. I just want to put that out there. Neither is the doctors. It's fine. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just just trying to yeah. Anyway, just wear a mask. Wear a mask. Such and get a vaccinated. Lots of vaccination. Uh, uh, go get your extra vaxes. I've got all four. It's great. My extra head is very happy. We're all. You're gonna have happy. sex with a stranger without a condom. Just wear a mask. That's right. It's it's cool. It's easy. I'm sorry. I've just started. I realized I just started something. We accept a lot in our society, and and road death is something we accept. We accept a certain level of road death, and we call them accidents. And you're like, no, 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 no. It, it's kind of like no one knows how it happened. Ah, oh, it, it just happened. It's just an accident. And I'm not saying blame the driver particularly. Sometimes it is the driver's fault. Sometimes it's the pedestrian's fault. Though I don't think legally it should ever be the pedestrian's fault. You, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be allowed to be murdered just because you step out stupidly in front of traffic. I mean, it's going to happen, but I don't think that's a good. Oh well, they just stepped out. And you're like, well, mm, there's reason. You know, there's ways of dealing with. This. And but there's also design, road design, and interaction. Like, why do we accept that cars, that these these fast moving murder machines, are acceptable? in our streets everywhere they're useful i get it mm. and i want them i don't want them to go away we can't run our societies without them but everywhere and they should have the right of way because it's very important that you get to your double latte quicker like it doesn't it, it, quite it's just, frankly it's, everyone who drives a car should have a man walking out the front <laughs> warning people and horses yep. that there is an automobile coming through and if it makes people feel any better what dan was saying you can't travel quickly because most cities are so damn clogged. You are traveling at 30 k's an hour or lower. You're, you're traveling at horse speed in London, in major cities around the world. You are traveling at horse speed because so many cars. You're not getting anywhere any faster. Just walk. I really hope that that new city in uh, Africa, the line, oh, actually mm. like work. I've got a funny feeling not, it's like a complete fat. Like it a, is. It's and it's yeah. It's, 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 it's just it's, vaporware city. It, and also, it's based on that infrastructure. It, it's based on the what's. This? Who the guy who had the journalist dismembered in his in his office allegedly? 
but definitely did it allegedly, but definitely had a journalist murdered. They're not nice people is what I'm trying to say. Right. Okay. Yeah. Don't buy condos there, which I'm trying to say. Lalinia, I think it's called Lalinia, the line or something. And it's not in Africa. It's in the Saudi Peninsula, he says. How is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's the Middle East, not Tom. Right. There you go. Anyway. Be cool, though. Be cool. It would be clever. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a clever train. Right. Back and forth, back and forth, back yeah. and forth, wherever you need to go. That's true. Just walk everywhere. Walk everywhere and trains. Brilliant. My more turn. numbers, I'm guessing? More numbers, Dan. Here, I, I wanted to find some numbers that you'd be re- interested in. So I said, what does Dan love? And I thought to myself- Ladies' measurements? Well- no, no, I'll give you that. Yeah, that, it's absolutely true. You are a pervert and I want to. Wait, no, no, but, wait, wait, wait. I, I want to. I, moving on, moving on, moving on. Don't, 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 we, we, we don't, we don't. No, no, no we're not going to unpack that. We're not going to unpack, unpack that. We're not going to unpack that. Everyone knows. And I thought, which woman does Dan love the most? And I went, oh, I know exactly the woman that Dan loves the most. And that, of course, is Lady Liberty. Oh, that's not true. No, not at all. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the frog princess, but no, that, that, that's, wow, okay. But the, the woman that you love the most, Dan, is the Tyrannosaurus Rex from Jurassic Park. The large lady who breaks out of her pen and- That's a girl? She's a girl. They're all girls. Of course they're all, they're all girls. They're all girls. And she's not the clever yeah. girl. She, Dan likes a clever girl, but then I realized I can't use that joke because that's the Velociraptors. Wow, I, just, I honestly didn't think of this just then. The Velociraptors are clever girls. They kill Muldoon, spoilers for Jurassic Park, the original movie, and they manage to trap all the paleontologists in the room. But the T-Rex, she manages to trick the Velociraptors. So who's the clever girl in the end? It's the T-Rex. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. She figured out how to tiptoe. She tiptoed in. None of this booming bass stuff. Yeah. She tiptoed she, in. She knew she worked it out. And then she ate them. And then, and then she saluted John Grant. John Grant? Malcolm Grant? Malcolm Gladwell? M- Malcolm X? Dr. Grant. Dr. Judy, Judy Stabler. I don't know. All, all those people. Ellie Sattler. Right. <laughs> Dr. Alan Grant. Right, yes. And Malcolm. Dr. Ian Malcolm. Ian Malcolm, yes, yes. Boy child, girl child. <laughs> yes, yes. Random, random children. No one knows. I wanted to find out for you, Dan, how many Tyrannosaurus Rexes walked the earth. Is it 8 billion? It's 8 billion. It's not. It's... Eight billion is how many humans there are now. Yes, yes. So, what are we finding out? How many T Rexes ever existed, or yes, only yes. existed at the height of T Rex? And we have talked about this. People boning on the on, <laughs> yes, it's it's all of them ever existed. I do it, feel a bit weird about saying T Rex boning because I don't think T Rexes had penises. Well, they, they would have had maybe I, cloacas. They were they were cloacas. Maybe maybe so, they were bird types. Yeah, or bird yeah. like. And but, using the word boning probably isn't the most apt. Sexy cis scissoring. But also, you don't have a bone in your penis, so many mammals do. Humans don't have a penis bone. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, we, so, so we don't bone either. We, we, yeah, we wet so. tube people. Yeah. But on both sides, it's all wet tubes. No matter what you're, yeah. if you're, if you're cis, trans, straight, gay, you're wet tubing each other. Enjoy that. Yep, for a tube job. There's a there's a mental image for you. Anyway, that's what a, this that's is a mechanic thing. It's ugh. get my I need oh, to get my tubes. Human human mating is the worst. It's just fact is eight it's billion. Tubular. It's a, <laughs> tubular balls. Anyway, <laughs> that's an old person joke right there. Anyway, it's um Mike Old. Ah, Mike, that's a very festive one. It's Mike. Yes. No, no, it's 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 not just an old person joke. It's a Mike Oldfield person joke. 
tubular bells. So. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I've explained yeah, the joke yeah. to extent, yeah. excruciating detail. Please cut all that out. Sadly, the expla- explanation was the funniest bit. Oh, God damn it. The, the way I just spoke then, I realized I'm exactly copying Taskmaster. My brain just went into the, the cadence. <laughs> I just, I just Greg Davis that, um, the way I just said that. I just, oh, yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's get on yep, to the thing. I can see that. Let's get, let's get on to the talk, the thing we're going to be talking about is, is the number of Tyrannosaurus Rex that ever walked the earth. For those who don't know, Tyrannosaurus Rexes lived for about 2.4 million years. They died out about 65 million years ago when a comet crashed into the planet. They're very much at the tail end of dinosaur existence, if you're not counting birds. So they were there for the final thumb. There's actually a bit of controversy on that. Were they dying out before? But yes, they, we think they were there at the, at the extinction event, that extinction event. They are closer in time to us than Stegodon, I believe, because Stegodon was much like 100 million years earlier, and they're only 65. Stegodon? I've never heard of Stegodon. Stegodon's the one with the plates on its back. The big Stegosaurus? Stegosaurus. Sorry, Stegosaurus, which is a Stegodon. Oh, my God. I, I should stop just saying words. Oh, Walker shaming all over the place here. Anyway, point is that they're closer to us than – it doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's, just on, let's just get on to the numbers. Let's just get on. So, yeah, not genetically. No, 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 no. Just in time. In time. Well, so how do we work at how many of these things there were? They existed for about 2.4 million years over a period of time. So, you go, okay, cool. Yep. We've got, so, we need to now know a few other things about them. We need to Lifespan. know – Lifespan. Lifespan, very good, excellent. So you need to know actually when they mated. Based on the microscopic growth patterns in bones, they can work out that T-Rexes probably came to sexual maturity about 15 years of age. So they're probably yep. mating at about 15 years of age. Based on other growth rate, they they kind of they think that T-Rexes lived for about 20 years ish. They might have lived longer in a zoo, or you know, but or they had good healthcare. Yeah. But you know, they, how long they live for? If you go well, roughly 20 years, they're mating at 15 years. And if they existed as a species for about three points, roughly 2.4 on average. So T-Rexes had about 188,000 generations from start to finish. 188,000 generations. Yeah. Seems like such a small number. It, it's, it is remarkably small. And where do you start? Where, where, mm. where, where does a T-Rex start? Like yes. that's not a hard border. Yeah. And we should start a podcast that's just, there's no such thing as a Tyrannosaurus Rex because it, exactly. Yeah, look, it's, it gets fuzzy at the boundaries. And this, these are all very rough numbers, which I will get back to later on because they're very rough numbers. Uh, and they get rougher and rougher and rougher. Ladies. <laughs> oh, oh, yuck. All right. So now we know how many existed, as in how many generations roughly existed on the planet. It doesn't give us numbers. We don't know how many individuals lived in that generation. And so you can now you get real speculative. So there's something called Darmouse Law which connects the body mass to the population density. And, and in animals, you can actually- Okay. Base body mass. Body mass. Oh, so is this like if you've got panthers and they're this big, this is how how spread out they are to eat so they so the prey supports them? Yes. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yes, exactly. And there's, there's also a lot of problems there as well. So larger animals need more space to survive. One square kilometre- of grassland can support far more ocelots than than elephants, let's say. Like it's just that. Yep. And there does seem to be a linear connection here. So you've got to work out what mass of a T-Rex is, and they think it's about eight to nine metric tons for a t- average T-Rex. So we've got an average T-Rex. Mm-hmm. 
if you plug it into Darmouse law, which is all very much based on modern animals, but we'll get back to that, then we can start working out what we need to as well. We also need to know what its metabolism's like. We need to know what it... Because a crocodile only needs to eat like once a month. Got it. But a cheetah got to eat every day. And that means your prey animals, if you have to eat, 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 then you're, you need a lot of prey animals and therefore you have to connect, control a large area of land. Other, if you just eat yeah. one thing and then sit for days, exactly. This was where it gets very, very speculative for me because I was just like, I feel they just kind of pull it some somewhere. They can estimate the T-Rex's body mass and its metabolism, they're saying, is slower than a mammal but faster than like a, a large lizard, like a Komodo dragon. But it's such a wide area. Like I was like, these numbers are now getting real fuzzy. The error bars are huge. Which they acknowledge. Yeah. They acknowledge, but based on their estimate, yep. you'd get one T-Rex roughly for 110 square kilometers, roughly. So that a 10 by 10 kilometer square. Yes, that's right. And for our- uh, for That's our, an enormous bit of land. It's it's quite big for each of these things. For our list- So there's no sure that I would time travel back, step out of the time travel device and immediately be eaten by a Tyrannosaurus Rex is like nonsensical because it's somewhere out there in a ten by ten square. I like the fact that it would it would make you feel comfortable and you'd walk away from the time machine and that would be your biggest mistake because then it would give the large predator time to work out that you're there and you're tasty. And come and get you and it can move fast you can sprint over short distances and you couldn't get back to the time machine in time though i will say with your spectacular human buttocks you, you might be able to give enough lead time uh, we've talked about this before as well you could out yeah, you, could, yeah. you could you could jog away from it and get away because that's what we are we're a jogging species i do want to point out though for our american listeners because i know that i just said 110 roughly square kilometers for the, the t-rex living area that's two trillion I get this right. Oh, this is going to be helpful. This is two trillion nano acres, <laughs> just for our American listeners. And of course, very helpful. Uh, our, a nano acre is the amount of real estate found on a very large scale integration chip. So, like, like one one of the first computer chi- integrated circuit computer chips, and it, right, and is roughly four square millimeters or zero point zero six square inches for our. Wonderful. Just Wonderful. So, so it's roughly two trillion nano acres, Americans. Okay, cool. All right. So we've got that out of the way. I haven't done one of those in a long time. I was very excited when I realized I could do that. Yeah. I was very happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm all excited. All right. So we have a metabolism. We have a mass. We have an amount of area that they, they probably lived in. So now we need to, we can put these together. We can ma- times it all out and we can get that there were roughly in every generation based on the amount of land that we've discovered them like their their corpses in their fossils in and where we think they yep. would have survived 20,000 individuals per generation 20,000 per generation yes unlike the 8 God, billion that's so small. 8 billion of us not, I don't know if we have a gen, we'd call us a generation but yes there'd be billions of us in a generation generation being 20 years roughly over human life would a generation be 2 billion for us well, no, because one generation is going to be much bigger than the other at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested. What anyway? Like our generations are changing so rapidly. Yeah, that yeah, it's hard to it, average. Any number averages. you come up with is going to be wrong. Yeah, but that's it, uh, yes. Well, like the T Rex one. So if we look at <laughs> if we look at the I shouldn't I, should, I realize I'm just crapping on my own thing right even before I even said it. So we got 188,000 generations. And we have 20,000 individuals. We do some maths. We end up about two and a half billion Tyrannosauruses that ever lived. Two and a half billion. That's it. Wow. Ever. Over roughly 2.4, anywhere between 1.2 to 3.6 million years. So we win. 
So we absolutely, we could take them on mass on mass. The more I looked at this, more I was like, what is going on? And they, they do bring up a lot of it, but it's so weird. We don't know how long they, they were in existence for. It's between 1.2 and 3.6. So we had to average that out. We don't know how long they lived. We, we can only make estimates. We don't know what their metabolism was like. We can only make estimates. As it points mm-hmm. out in this, in this article, you can't just say metabolism is the same for animals of the same size. Kind of needs soft tissue to even start getting anywhere near it. We, yes. For example, Arctic foxes and Tasmanian devils have similar body masses, but devils have six times the population density. And they're both furry, predatorial, quite scavenging mm. creatures. So it's so wide. So the population density for an individual ranges from about seven square kilometers up to 1,700 square kilometers. That's a big problem. Like I said 110, but it's actually between seven and 1,000. Anyway, big problems here. The answer is not a lot. There weren't a lot of T-Rexes. So Yeah. uh, But there's not a lot of any animal except for us. There's a lot of us. But you don't need a lot of them. You don't. Like just one is more than enough. Well, you need two, really. Well- well, it depends what you're doing with them. Life if you're fu- just trying to escape them with your buttocks, <laughs> one is more than enough. Life, like Dan's buttocks, finds a way. Welcome to the Walk of Shame, where you, the listener, point out where we have made mistakes in previous episodes. Oh, Dan. Oh, Dan. We've, we've, caused, a, we've caused a problem, Dan. Like, yeah, I bet I know which one it was, too. Oh, I... I don't think we've ever had as many people write in so passionately about just a little thing that we started talking about, which was spatulas. Spatulas. I, it's, I think yep. this, this is going to be Smart Enough to Know Better's version of do you put the toilet roll on the holder over the top or back the other way? Yeah. Many people have written in about spatulas. It's caused a furor across our fan base. People have opinions and I... I'm fascinated. I didn't realize what a quagmire. I should have realized when I realized you and I had a very different idea what a spatula was. Yeah. I looked at it more as a thing that you flip things on a pan with. And you yep. mentioned about icing on a cake. Yes. Right. That's what we can. And I was a bit shocked. Now, I, I had to think about myself and I thought to myself, where does my knowledge come from? It comes from the amazing documentary, The Vidiot from UHF, which is Weird Al Yankovic movie. Not familiar with that. No, you should look that up. The, and they. The Vidiot. The Vidiot. The Vidiot. The Vidiot from UHF. I only know the movie UHF. Ah. With Al Aha. Yes, of course. Yes, yes. Very good. Well, very clever. It's, it's almost like we've learned this from two different sources, <laughs> but it's the exact same thing. But in the Vidiot from UHF or UHF, everyone should watch. It's a great movie. They have Spatula City. They sell spatulas and that's all. And that's all. And when they sh- they scanned across that wall of spatulas, they were mm-hmm. what you call egg flippers. And I think that's where uh, I get my knowledge from. It- yes, they sell spatulas and that's all. That's true. And they do not show a single scraper or like plastic knife thing. They just show the yes. turning yes. Yes. Okay. spatula. So that's that's just so you know, just so you know, that's where I'm coming from. Friend of the show Eloise got in contact and needed to get something off her sh- off her chest. We should uh, definitely play that now before she uh, explodes. Hi, Greg. So I was listening to the podcast and got to the point where you and Dan were discussing the definition of a spatula. And 
I happened to be grocery shopping at the time and I thought, ha ha, oh Dan, ha, oh, very silly. Of course a spatula is the thing that you use to flip eggs and meat inside a saucepan or whatever. So I thought, oh, I'll just pop over to the aisle where they have all of the cooking implements and I'll take a sneaky picture and I'll send it into Greg with ha ha, walk of shame. No, what did I find when I get there? It's not called a spatula, Greg. It's called a slotted turner okay so it blew my mind a little bit but i thought okay maybe this particular grocery store just says that these things are different from everyone else so i went to a different store and then another store and then another i went to five stores greg they're all called slotted turners what world do we live in where spatulas are now slotted turners i might just go have a lie down now say hi to dan for me uh hey, says hi. A, that was yeah she said a lot of things she said a lot of things at, at quite a volume <laughs> thank you eloise and anyone feel free to uh please thank send us voice messages so much. we love we love hearing from you as well yes well she's not the only friend of the podcast who reached out to oh, us Greg. excellent our friend joe reached out and we know joe mm-hmm. is quite a mm-hmm. quite a cuisinart mm-hmm, mm-hmm. great in the kitchen our friend Joe reached out to share her disappointment that you don't know what a spatula is. <laughs> you said it was for flipping eggs. I said it was for icing cakes. Officially, spatulas are flexible wooden or rubber blades mm. for mixing, spreading, and lifting. Mm. So let's get rid of the non-food versions first. All right. There are paint spatulas or palette knives. Mm-hmm. There are little metal trowels for mixing, spreading, and lifting. There are spatulas in building for mixing, spreading, and lifting plaster. There are spatulas in medicine. A tongue depressor mm. is a type of spatula, medical spatula. But we're really talking about the kitchen. Once again, are we? Our, in- our international <laughs> podcast makes things harder. Mm-hmm. In America, they have a tool that resists heat and can be used to turn steaks or eggs or fish in a fry pan. Mm-hmm. This is called a turner. They also have a rubber knife for getting all the cake batter out of a bowl. This is called a scraper. Mm-hmm. Both of these implements are interchangeably referred to as spatulas. In what country was this, sorry? This is in America. In America, yes, yes, yes. In Britain, they also call turners turners. Yes. They call scrapers scrapers, but they only call scrapers spatulas. Ah, yes. In Australia, we have messed everything up. (laughs) We have a scraper that's designed to ice cakes. It's called an icing spatula. Almost all products in Australia with spatula written on them are used for mixing, spreading and lifting. There are many types of turners available. One thin, flexible one with slots in it was made for turning fish over. We called that one an egg flip. (laughs) Before there were a range of different turners for almost every eventuality, most Australian kitchens had an egg flip, so its usage was common. Mm. But Mm -hmm. if you go to any supermarket, you will very rarely see egg flip written on it, and you will more commonly see turner. So in Australia, we don't call turners spatulas, but we do call scrapers spatulas. Mm. But then I did a little survey of some Australian friends around the same age, Mm -hmm. and many agree with you that this tool is called a spatula, or at least can be. Yes. So how did you divergent humans end up with the American word in your repertoire? Mm -hmm. You put the nail on the head. 
the Spatula City ad, which is the most famous spatula-related <laughs> media ever. They only show slotted turners. Uh, yes. Now- But it's the American usage. Of, they can be before- they, It can be. It's a spatula. It is a type of spatula. Yep. Yes. Yep. 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 Now, this is no good to me. This is no good. So, <laughs> I asked the best people in the world Ooh. at naming things. Oh, yes. The International Astronomical Union. <laughs> asked about spatulas. Yes. I reached out to the International Astronomical <laughs> Union what? and said, you guys are great at naming stuff. Can you please resolve this issue for me? <laughs> why the International? I Surely said, there must be like a- Why the- They're, they're astronomers, Dan. Well, I reached out yes. and I asked this question. Like, they're just good at naming they stuff. Are, they are, true. Like, yes. Things in space Spatulas all the time. are in the universe, yes, Greg. It's true. It's true. Just because they're, no, you're they're right. on the ground doesn't stop them from being in the and universe. And there's probably some sort of astro, astro chef role now that's very important. No, you're absolutely right. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. Now, I haven't reached out to the IAU for like 10 years. Mm. I don't know whether things have changed. Mm. But I asked this question and I got a response oh, yes. from Madeline again. Oh my goodness. You, the same you person. You must be on a list. You must be like, well, she said, I don't quite understand your question. Is this about astronomy? <laughs> and I said, oh no. And she has not responded. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Oh, uh, it's the end of the year. They're busy people. Yeah. But thank you, Madeline. But the thing is, Gregoire, language is dynamic. Mm-hmm. So I suspect that. The word spatula will be used for turners more and more and is here to stay in Australia. Ironically, Gregoire, it's probably going to stick. Uh, at the end of the day, Dan, it seems that no one has to take a walk of shame. We're just showing the the amazing melange of human experience and how we grow together and we should just accept each other's differences even when you are obviously a lunatic who calls the wrong thing a um, spatula. Yeah. Egg flip. A couple of episodes I was talking about birds talking. Oh, yes. Uh, and I said that parrots can talk because they can do that thing with their tongue that allows them to make certain mm. sounds, mm. but that lyrebirds can emulate sounds, but they can't do human speech. Mm. That turns out to be 100% wrong. Lyrebirds can speak, and recently, at the most famous zoo in Australia, in Sydney, mm. the lions escaped. <laughs> As they do. And so... This turns out to be a really important thing. And the zoo was prepared. Well, obviously not prepared enough, but the zoo was prepared. (laughs) And the alarm went out. Yes. There's an alarm went out going, evacuate the centre. Evacuate the centre. The lions were recovered. Nice and safe. They got back into into their cage. Lions are fine. So the lyrebirds learned a new trick that day. Oh, no. Lyrebirds are jerks. No, no. We thought marmosets were jerks. Lyrebirds are total jerks. That's incredible. That's, that's... So, for those oh. having struggling to hear it, that whooping sound was the bird... Yep. ...interspersed with it saying, evacuate now. Now, not only does it turn out that lyrebirds can speak, 
they can do a pretty good Australian accent. <laughs> yes. I guess it's something novel. It was fun for them to do or it was a novel thing. I don't yeah, fun. That's a, that's a heck of a thing to say. But also it was repeated enough that they were like, oh, yeah, I can get my head around yeah. this. It goes to show you talk about the syrinx, like the, we have a larynx, they have a syrinx and how a syrinx is so much better at producing weird speech or, or any sort of vocalization than, than we are. Like we, we have to kind of, bodge ours around and make a, a thing that you can choke to death with, you know, if you drink the wrong way to make, so we can communicate. But if only we had a siren stand. Yeah. Yeah. It's shabby. Then two we shabby. Then we two could be jerks. <laughs> there's eight billion of us and there's only like, I don't know, six left of them. <laughs> so who's laughing now? You can't make well, sound when you're extinct, well, they, can you? They can laugh too. That's the problem. They just copy our laugh. Oh, Damn and it. He who lasts, li- lasts, laugh, lasts longest. That's us again. That's us. Yeah, right. Yeah, we win. We- <laughs> Steve wrote in mm-hmm. and he points out that people didn't start ha- headbanging to Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. because of Wayne's World. Ooh, okay. And links to a video of a live concert of Queen mm-hmm. before Wayne's World with people headbanging. But something that I noticed was only occasional people are headbanging. Mm. Most are just jumping or dancing. Yeah. So I think Greg was referring to the shared cultural experience of everyone doing the same dance yes, move. Yes, So I'm not going to push that walk Head, Headbanging, I, I admit that people probably headbang to Queen. Headbanging has been around for a long time. It's that thing of watching a whole room lose their mind when Bohemian Rhapsody is played at a certain period that – Everyone starts headbanging, and that's shared dance move. Someone's done Nutbush City all by themselves. Nutbush City Limits yep. dance yep. all by themselves once, but it became a thing. Yep, yep. And only in Australia, Americans no. are like, "What are you talking?" And about? only older generations in Australia. Not everyone knows what Nutbush is anymore. They don't necessarily do it in schools. It's going to be learned at school, Dan. So, oh, I never learned it at school. It ah. just spontaneously ah. erupted during school dances. Someone knew it and. It happened. This is like the same weird cultural thing I have now, which is very inappropriate, of when I was at university for the first time at college, I if I heard the song Eagle Rock, you had to take your pants off. That won't fly anymore. That's not a thing. If you knew that Eagle Rock was going to start, the first strains, you either had to get out of the room very quickly or to just take your pants off one way or the other. Yeah, I don't... I don't. I don't know that. That one. was a university thing. And I thought it was a, my college that I went to, Union College. But I found out more recently that actually lots of Australian universities at that time, that became a thing. Now, it's no longer a thing. Thank goodness. You don't um, people ripping their pants off. I feel like there would be a collision with current yes. uh, political ideologies yeah, exactly. around and, campus. And, which is fair enough. Uh, yes. But yeah, that was th- these, these cultural things you just pick up. The, of course, the very famous Adam Hills is Adam Hills joke. That's what he did as part of his stand-up as comedy. He talking about yeah, yeah. He brought it up as a, a very famous part of his right. comedy where he was like, I, I saw him at a nightclub in Glasgow, and he just happened to be on Australian act. And then he he did that, and he was did the he was like, I'm just going to see how many Australians in the room. Uh, and he just went, Am I ever going to see your face again? My sister and I, in a room full of people, erupt <laughs> with the no way get fucked fucked off. We're the only two people who do it. Because we're the only two Australians of a certain age there. And he's like, oh, there they are. And we're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. We didn't realize. And he went, that happens all the time. I was like, very well done. Like, very cleverly done. Once again, a cultural thing. It's such a weird cultural thing. I heard it again recently. I was on a bus and someone had, they had a speaker and they were playing the music on the bus. And it was was fine enough. But then the the Ever Gonna See Your Face came on and I heard a man behind, who wasn't 
with the music. So someone had the music mm-hmm. and a man behind me went, no way. And his partner, a woman, was like, don't you dare. And stopped him, and stopped him. <laughs> and I laughed very, very hard because I knew exactly what his brain just did. It was amazing. Yeah. So I, lo- I love indoctrinated culture stuff. Hey, um, listeners, what's the weird cultural thing that you realize that your culture does? So where you live in the world. So when you hear a certain song or a certain picture or someone says something that you respond in a certain someone way. Someone drops a drink at a bar oh, yes. and smashes the glass. What do you yell then? What's that? What do you yell? Taxi! Taxi! And then everyone groans. Yep, that's a big one in Australia. What's the thing that you do that you realise is your cultural thing that no one else does? We'd also like to know where we've made mistakes in the episode. So, if you hear a mistake that Greg makes, send it in to dan at smartenough.org. And when Dan inevitably makes a mistake, send it to greg at smartenough.org. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. And Greg at smartenough.org. If you want to interact with someone yeah. or interact with us, yeah. jump along to the website smartenough.org and we've got a comment system there. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. It's, it's actually, yeah, you know, and we, we like to go in there and chat to people. So please, it's, it's very underutilized because it's a website and I know that, but you know, the one that people like using is becoming a bit weird. Maybe we have to go back to using websites. We have to find the new way. We have to find a way forwards. And Dan wrote beautiful code for it. Go and be amazed yep. at his beautiful code. Beautiful and you don't code. have to give up your anonymity. And I don't think it uses cookies. Does it use cookies? I just said a bad thing. Uh, it doesn't use cookies, but yeah. it, I mean, you fill out your email address and that's yeah. it. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, your email address is associated with your comments. Yeah, that's fair enough. Wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, it's good. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, get along there, tell people about tell it. People about and it. if you'd like to support us financially, there are also some options there, T-shirts and tip jars and such and also you can become a patron if you provide us with a certain amount we'll read your name out on the podcast that's what's happening now thank you so much to Britta Rogowski Gronya Maguire Matt Ewers Andrew Whitehurst Andrew Trousdale Ivan Lindsay Jenkinson Avi Greenbury Andrew Potts Elizabeth Yunkin Ilana Mitchell and Matthew Toy thank you so much everyone for supporting us and you are all one in eight billion yep or twelve in eight billion combined yes if you support us at our top level, then I must insult you. Yes. So, insults this mm-hmm. month, apro of nothing, are about the end of the fucking world. <laughs> Plucked from science fiction itself. Steve Eichenhout, you are a comet strike. You don't create any tragedy when you're not touching anything. <laughs> yeah. Tom Seary, you are a snowball earth event. You leave people cold. Mm. Danny Soares, you are a thermonuclear Armageddon. People agree that it's best to look away. <laughs> Steve Stewart, you are a hypoxia event. Ooh. You suck all the oxygen out of the room. Mm. That could be, sorry, that could be a sexy thing. You go, oh, they walked into the room and they sucked all the oxygen out. And it was like, <gasps> like everyone's gasping because they're so wonderful. It could be, but it's no, not. <laughs> Mikhail Kadar. <laughs> You are a global pandemic. You use human stupidity to great effect. <laughs> so, co- so much commentary today. <laughs> and Robert Shelton, you are a cold, empty house with those familiar footsteps missing. You go to the fridge and inside are expired hot dogs and the shriveled remains of carrots. You don't even bother turning the lights on anymore. Too many reflections as your body shifts and droops. She's gone. She left you. Why bother putting in any effort? As the sky grows dim, you sit in the front window 
and think about Steve and Tom and Danny and other Steve and Michael, <laughs> and you think about how lucky they were. The end of the world was fast for them. Yours will last forever. Oh, my God. And a big thank you to this group of brand new days, Scott Driscoll, Michael Barnes, Morton O'Hare, Eric Wilson, and Al Batson. Having a moment. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 oh, that was quite affecting. That's oh, a horror of immortality. Oh. I can turn it on. Oh, man. Yeah, a bit too close to home. Uh, 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 yeah, oh, uh, ow. Okay, no, I just, yeah, and, yeah, cool. Don't want to live forever anymore, do you? No, I do. Yeah, I do. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Okay, now finally, Sean Seifkin is supporting us yes. and he's reached out to explain that he's having trouble donating the correct amount. Right. He wants to be a top-tier member and be insulted, <laughs> but has somehow paid a custom amount that is almost but not quite enough to be insulted. <laughs> As I understand it, it is driving him quite spare mm. trying to fix this. Oh, no. But because he's, because he's trying to pay and has paid almost enough... I have most of an insult for him. <laughs> Sean Seifkin is a robot uprising event. When he turns up, everyone knows that... So, that's... So, see if you can fill in those blanks, listeners. <laughs> if you know what the insult is, please let us know. Because that joke is a banger. <laughs> but Can you out-joke Dan's joke about a robot uprising insult? Oh, I'd love to know. If so, you could write the insults in that point and try and give Dan a break. That'd be great. Outsource, <laughs> outsource the podcast. Don't forget that I'm performing in a panel game show yes, on yes. the 5th of December. So if you hear this soon and are in Brisbane and want to get along, check out the website. There will be a link there. Mm -hmm. And as we always like to say... Thanks for listening. Are you listening? Can you put your phone down for a minute, please? Hi. Hey, hi. I, hi. Hello. Hello. Are you listening? Can you can you just put your, your no 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 I'm not upset I just needed you to I just need you to just list eye contact could you h hello uh, uh, no no I'll, I can wait I can wait sorry I've just gone to smartenough.org and I'm like engaging with the comments section oh good so. good good so um so uh, how do you think the date's going <laughs> why don't you check the page and find out. <laughs> What do you mean? You can't design a, a, a brochure with all the pictures and everything. What? Yeah, I can. I've had InDesign experience for years and I've written reports and I've, oh, and you, and you go, oh, that's not normal. Oh, okay. Wow. Most people have a job and that's their job. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. You're the, you're the green peg in the green yes, hole guy. Yes. You stay in your lane, my yes. friend. Here's, have some more green holes. You seem to have too much time if you want to start putting pink pegs yeah, in pink holes. Exactly. And getting them to tr Well, I'm, I'm colorblind. <laughs> like, they're all pegs and holes. What are you talking about? I often refer to myself as a jack of some trade. <laughs> Is it years and years and years and years and years ago? I was offended by The Simpsons. Gasp. Oh, when that young boy kept telling everyone not to have a cow? Outrageous behaviour. <laughs> no, for me, it was it was one of the episodes where Lisa Simpson was getting to see her future. And she's like, oh, my goodness, who's going to become? And the, the her, her mentor goes, she's going to be the president of the United States. But if she doesn't work towards a certain thing, he goes, you'll be a generalist. She's like, no. And I remember even at the time, I think I was quite young, either probably early 20s. 
I was offended even then. There's nothing wrong with being a generalist writers of The Simpsons because that's what I am. And I went, it's not a bad thing to have a wide range of skills and abilities that you're not the top person in. But, Greg, that's the joke. Oh. It's that Lisa Simpson is so hardwired to be a spe- special specialist oh, is that it? she sees that as being the ultimate insult. But the sim- oh, <laughs> If I missed the point for 20 years. Oh, no. I uh- think you might have. <laughs> <laughs> but- but it's but the, but the writers wrote it. I'm thinking more meta. The writers wrote it, and the guy tells her off. The character tells her off, like, "Hey, don't be a generalist." And she gets she gets upset. He's not saying, "Hey, you'll be a generalist," which is he. No, no, no. But that's the point: is that in their situation, a generalist is the worst thing you could ever be, which is nonsense. But it's, <laughs> it's only it's only it's only of interest to psychotic know-it-alls like Lisa Simpson and her mentor. Ah, I've. I, I see. Oh, wow. I wish I hadn't sent that bag of poop to Matt Groening now. Oh, no. It's the same joke of like people going, oh, well, we should we should make this pe- person feel welcome. Oh, they don't have a PhD. Oh, actually, maybe we won't. Oh, uh, like, I hadn't, I hadn't, that's the joke. I I miss, you're absolutely right. I missed the joke. Oh, outplayed. Well played. Still, you're just too outraged. I was too outraged. You, just, you that's know, a good point. That was your, that's your trigger. That's a, that's a, that's a good point though. I was, I was outraged. Yeah, you're right. I, wow. I, like, yeah. If you get, if you have an emotional uh, response that isn't ha ha yeah. before you have the ha ha response, you're not getting to the ha ha no, response. No, no, you're right. You've been cut off. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a, that's Let a, me introduce you to exhibit A, twitter.com. <laughs> I, um, that's, I'm just give me a moment. I'm having a moment now. I'm having a, Having a bit of self-reflection. That's Wonderful. A, that's interesting. Wonderful. That's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> even started. And now everything that gets developed by my team gets run past me as the colorblind guy. I don't speak for colorblind people. And now I'm like, oh, my goodness. And now I feel – and I people apologize to me, like my teammates quietly. Um, it's just lovely. But, but like going, hey, Greg, really sorry that, that – and I was like, what? Yeah, it sounds like someone's missing being the oppressor. <laughs> I was told something by yeah, women researchers going, hey, it's real great that you keep inviting me to speak as a woman in science or your stuff, but goddamn, I'm tired and I don't get paid for this nonsense. Some people like doing it, but some people are like, could you just not? And I was like, oh yeah, good point. Just because you identify as a woman probably doesn't mean you need to be like called up every 15 seconds. Uh, so saying, if you don't call up a woman, you also get in trouble, which is fair enough. So, but you just don't pick on the same women. That's all. <laughs> pick on different women, Dan. That sounded weird. Out of context, that's not a, that's a bad soundbite. Pick on different women. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I'm a hundred, hundred percent on board. <laughs> Sorry, I tuned out for a bit, but I think I picked up the gist. <laughs> is there an official French? Language Academy version of Get <laughs> Fucked. How, how would you tell someone? Officially, officially. In French. Va te faire foot. Va te faire foot. She got such a mischievous smile on her face when she told me that, too. <laughs>